you rang the lady? Yes, Parker. What's today's episode? Desperate intruder. Thank you, Parker. You may start the episode. Very good, Belady. Gosh, this dress is comfy. So, welcome back to Thunderbirds on the Randomizer for the third anniversary of the Jerry Anderson podcast. We have Desperate Intruder, and uh, this is an episode that um, I was actually surprised to find is is very popular among among uh, Thunderbirds fans. When I was first sort of exploring the worlds of Thunderbirds online fandom, which would have been 20 years ago now, um, it has grown on me quite a lot since then. National Rescue. To the point where I really do see what, what people like about it so much. Members seek further glory in the hunting of ancient treasures. Here's the hood filling us in on, uh, on this week's story. You will fail. I love the idea that he spends so much of his time in between appearances just sat on a on a chair. He's not even on like a throne, he's just on basic gold, obviously, chair. Just going, international rescue. Oh, I hate them so much. They and their expedition will be buried at the bottom of Lake Anasta. I'm not quite sure how he came by this information. My half-brother. You will help me. Because it's not like he's now calling up Kirano to find out exactly what they're doing now. Where's Kirano gone? He seems to already know all about this, so... It is useless to resist. I don't know, maybe he read it in the paper again. The secret of the lake must be mine. Kirano! But it, it does sort of launch us right into the action. Um, we don't really need to waste time being told how the Hood found out about any of this. Does the International Rescue Expedition set off? Because he's just, he's busy tormenting poor old Kirano again in another fairly intense scene for this show. To make a survey of the temple. <laughs> <laughs> And don't forget to save me a gem or two, Tintin. Everybody's giving them as Christmas presents this year. Right, Scott. Anything special you would like, John? <laughs> oh, don't ask him that. Well, I think I'd rather have a dirty older bar of gold. Do you think Jeff's actually looking at John with an expression of, who the hell let you down here? Uh, get back in your space cage. Tracy, it seems Oh, nice. someone actually asked John what he wanted out of life. That's that's rather sad. I don't think anyone's ever asked him that before. Those fetching new swimsuits you've had sent on Tintin. Oh. Well, vacation or not, you deserve a break, both of you. Ah, Kirano. Because mm. Lord knows out of all of us, Tintin is the one who does the most work. Ready. Ah, good. Virgil's ready for launching, Tintin. You and Brains better make your way to the passenger elevator. Your father and I are going to the end of the strip to watch the launching. Very nice close-up of Tintin there. She looks very pretty. For the launch. Yes, Father. John? I don't know. Just just go and sit in a corner somewhere. Yeah, I don't think John... It's his one of his few appearances on Earth, and I'm not sure he appears again after this. We'll have to keep an eye out for him. Only ten short days, Kirano, and then she'll be back. That is what I keep uh, telling myself, Mr. Tracy. What's that belt Jeff's wearing there? These fears. It looks almost like a sort of a beautiful lake, miles judo belt, karate belt. Safer. Is Jeff a black belt in something? Uh, here we go. 
Here's a big old lorry rolling through the desert. And at the wheel we find... Sand. Sand. Nothing but sand. It's rough and coarse and irritating. And it gets everywhere. I do like the look of, uh, of deserts in Thunderbirds, though, because... You, you don't really need to add a whole lot to make it look convincing. You just need a sand pit. And yet, something about just these endless expanses of desert in, in Thunderbirds always look really nice. We had that in uh, The Uninvited as well. And of course, there's that beautiful Lake Anasta. Oh, look, Brains. The pyramids. Oh, there they are. No zombites living underneath those pyramids. And of course, those are the pyramids that she will later forget seeing in, in Thunderbird 6. And we're well up to time, too. Just think, Brains. In a few more hours, we'll be down there. But she does go through quite a bit of trauma in this episode, so I wouldn't blame her for forgetting. From what I've heard, he's quite a character. The best man in his field. Now look. And that field would be... Off the pod. You've got to move fast. We mustn't let the professor know that you're connected with International Rescue in any way. That's right, Virgil. And if he asks, we came out to the Middle East by charter flight. All set, Brains? Which is why, um... B. Tintin has got a, an Airterranean handbag on her, which is quite a, quite a nice touch. Not only is it a reuse of an old prop, it also fits in with their cover story for this, uh, this little outing. Oh, and Thunderbird 2 coming into land, which always looks lovely. Especially when it opens the pot and you get these extreme close-ups on, on Thunderbird 2's hull, all those plates and bits that I don't really know what they do, and I'm sure the people who built the models don't really know what they're supposed to do. But that's one of the things I think we all love about Thunderbird 2, is we don't quite know how it all works, and we also accept that any episode could introduce a, a, a random new feature. And this is pod 5, loading out. One of those uh, lovely desert jeeps. Which looks very similar to the ones seen in The Uninvited towing a caravan so we're already in in rather unfamiliar territory here but it's very nice to be focusing on international rescue but in a story that we can already see is going to be something a bit out of the norm a bit unusual it's not going to revolve around the sort of high-tech thing going wrong and needing saving thing or the alternative was was normally in later episodes lady penelope spy stuff I'm on my way home again. Right, Virgil. Hey, keep in touch. But here we have something that's a bit different, but also not the kind of bit different that the series would later get, sort of get stuck in a rut in with, with Penelope. And now to meet up with Professor Blakely. He should be at the crossroads three miles along this road. He's coming down the other desert highway. Ah, here we go. A bit of, uh, a bit of stereotyping here with, um, oh, what's this driver's name? Hassan Ali, luxury taxis, distance no object, uh, doors optional. Oh dear. Why, Jingo, what was that? Nothing, Master. Nothing. Well, I just hope we make it, that's all. Got an appointment I'm rather anxious to keep. And another wonderful Peter Dinley, uh, silly British gentleman character. In the mould of uh, Sir Sir Jeremy Hodge. Yes, Professor Blakely. Oh, it's beautifully cool in here. Yeah. 
Brains and Tintin have already set up the caravan with the minibar and the air conditioning. Twelve in the shade outside. What on earth was that? Professor Blakely, I presume. Hello there. What on earth? Oh, why did they bother calling him Professor Blakely? Can't they just call him Professor Stereotype? Sure glad to meet you too, uh, old boy. May I uh, introduce you to my uh, assistant, Miss Tintin Kirano? You're delighted, I'm sure. Charming, charming. And yet it is so... It's so delightful, these throwbacks to what even at the time must have been a slightly slightly bygone era, but the thought that this... This kind of of, of Blakely. archetype will be down to the old lake and make doing the rounds in the future. Let me just um, pay off this cabbie and I'll be right with you. What's of old? What, what, what? What's the damage then, old boy? Gentlemen, it's just, oh, it's lovely. I love this stuff. I also love that all of the pilots are sort of Biggles models at London Airport. They're a good safari. Oh, yes. Oh, he's got uh, a picture of a lady in the back of the cab there. Perhaps you would care uh, to come into the caravan, sir, for a cooling drink before we set off. Yes, but I, I dare say the treasure can wait. Don't think anyone's going to steal it from under our noses, eh? <laughs> we also, I don't think, find out how Brains and Tintin and the Professor all got onto this uh, this treasure at the same time. We just have to accept that they do. Meanwhile, the Hood is is loading out his submarine from his, his big uh, desert lorry thing, and I love this submarine. It may not be so stealthy because it's a sort of gunmetal grey-blue, but uh, I love the design of it. It's so simple. It's so. It's just so. It's just so basic, but it works really well. And uh, who is it who owns this um, this prop nowadays? Is it is it Peter Jackson owns that that model? He's a lucky guy, if so. And going back to unusual things about the setup for this episode, I also really like that it's Brains and Tintin. Look, Professor, it's the Anasta pipeline. That means the lake must be quite near. I feel that these are these are two characters who work really well together. They complement each other so well. And Professor, well do just that. To be honest, it's one of the more underrated partnerships of, of Thunderbirds, and certainly by the end of the series, Tintin in particular is um may as well not be there anymore because she's so underused so it's nice that there it is that not only do we have a focus on non-rescue stuff at least to start with we're not stuck with the the regular you know the tracy family and and or penelope and parker we've got brains tintin and of course the hood who is already in the lake with his submarine my friends are just in time in fact Dead on time. Whoa. And uh, I believe we've had the hood appear on the randomizer before in in Crywolf, and the hood is an interesting villain because he's he's not the sort of full scale, genuinely terrifying, sinister presence that Captain Black consistently is in in Scarlet, but he's also not the sort of silly knockabout villains of. Uh, of earlier shows, he's something in between. For over 100 years. And very often in this show, when when they try to present the hood as as genuinely sinister and scary, it really works. And uh, sure, bring me back something interesting. Cry Wolf, oddly enough, is an example of that, and this episode as well is. So, um, yeah, it's all good stuff so far. 
and now we're into some lovely underwater swimming stuff. Ah, it's pretty. And I get the feeling that uh, most people kind of dread underwater scenes in, in uh, live-action TV shows and films because it all goes so slowly. There it is. It's a temple. Yay, they found it. Didn't take long. Uh, but um, with the puppet swimming... Now, be very careful, Tintin. Professor Blakely was right. We don't really have to experience that slowdown because they're they're not moving in human real time, they're moving in puppet time. So it's just lovely. There's so much creativity, there's so much attention to detail in all of this underwater stuff. Good. They're going to lead me straight to the treasure. Yeah, well, it doesn't look like the temple is particularly well hidden. It's amazing no one's discovered all this before. I mean, I don't know. I'd love to... Maybe I've waffled over it, but I would love to know the backstory of this uh, temple. Did Professor Blakely just wake up one day and go, I say, what? I suspect there's a sort of uh, ruined temple down there. Lots of treasure, don't you know? And uh, maybe, maybe we'd uh, go have a gander at that. And as a kid... I know now, obviously, that there's uh, there's an aquarium between the camera and the set, but as a kid, it never occurred to me. The problem is that the puppets weren't in water. Contains the treasure. Let's try that one over there. Yeah. Let's try until we find the one that it's in. Oh, so many ruined bits of statues and pillars and columns all over the place. It's again by now, having done so much like this in previous shows, they must have had so much stuff. To hand to just throw in here. Sample of it back to the professor. Yay, underwater pickaxe action. It's not the most thrilling, but uh, it does paint the picture of uh, archaeology in the Thunderbirds world being terribly easy. Oh, professor, I'm going to bring you up a sample from the central column. A jolly good show. You bring it up and we'll have a look at it before lights out. What do you contribute to this expedition exactly? Just to sort of stand there and go, oh, jolly good, yes, rather. Which actually is, is fine. I wish there were more people like that in the world. They have found the treasure, but where? I think I can persuade them to tell me. This is the most easy expedition in the history of archaeology. It's quite, quite astonishing. Brains has brought a piece of the column back to the caravan. Uh, look there, Professor. What's that? Mr. Drains, Miss Kirano, I'm glad to say that the Anasta expedition is a success. Hoorah! Located the lost treasure. Yeah. Brains, we must radio Mr. Tracy right away and tell him. <laughs> How long did that take? Ten minutes? Well, this is why you need brains on the case. Oh, beautiful. I always knew my theory was correct. Oh, it's your theory, was it? Oh, Boy, tomorrow I can collect lots more evidence. I like as well that he's not obsessed with like, we've got to collect all the treasure. It's more, I can collect evidence to prove my scientific theory. But who's this at the door? Who'd be calling on brains at this hour? Oh, well, it's a suspicious looking character. What do you want? Who looks a lot like the hood and there's those glowing eyes. And here is where the hood gets very sinister. It wasn't... It, it was already sinister when he was cutting his way into, um... 
Williams's room in uh, in Crywolf, but here actually seeing him confronting one of our heroes, one of the members of International Rescue, which he so rarely does. Yeah, knocks out brains. That is interesting, actually, in this show that the hood is kept so far out of the last treasure in the lake. out of contact with the heroes. Did he tell you this? He reported in before turning in for the night. It's quite strange that the arch enemy of a show would just be, you know, so rarely they would be, so rarely be in the same same shot, same scene with each other. Pay them our congratulations then. Why, Grandma? What's the matter? You look like you'd swallowed your eggs bone. <laughs> I don't know what Tintin wants to go down hunting that treasure for. She's got enough pretty jewelry already. Ah, but they're not going down there to rob the temple. It's all in the interest of science. Now, whatever they find goes back with Professor Blakely to the International Museum of Archaeology. Well, back to work, I suppose. Hmm. I'm going up to the lounge to wait for the next call. What exactly is it we do in between rescues? Pleased with themselves. And there was John at the breakfast table with Gordon. And here we go. Oh, my goodness. This is one of the... Even today, this sight of brains buried in the sand still still gets to me. It's so... I don't know, it's it's so sad. It's so... You don't hurt brains. It's like... Professor, You know, where? in certain shows, you have, like, a character who's so sweet and innocent, they're almost like a puppy, and you don't hurt the puppy. And that's how I feel, seeing brains buried in the sand up to his neck like this. Staring eyes... What happened? Oh! Especially with the the makeup on the the lips, how dry and cracked they are. I've gotta get some water. Yeah, it's not like Brains is like one of our regular man of action type characters who's you know always always first into the fray. No, he's 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 the tech support and he's a bit more relatable than the Tracys. Oh, and there's there's Tintin just in a sort of catat catatonic trance. The professor has obviously been um been physically assaulted he's got uh, got cuts and bruises on his head that's him basically out of the story unfortunately it's no use he must have got them too and again it's it's almost more interesting that it, that happens off screen we don't see you do then, the hood and, and and tintin and and blakely having those scenes together we we see the effect of the hood's eyes on on brains, and we can surmise what happened when the hood got to the other two. Done with the others, especially with Blakely, when the lab is obviously being torn apart. He's obviously been uh, been hurled about the place. Where is the treasure concealed in the underwater temple? I've gotta have some water. I'd be interested to know how they actually I saw you come from that did this scene as well. Would they have just buried a regular brains puppet? You know, would they have buried him as the hood has buried the the real character, or is this perhaps just a torso with a head? Tell me where the gold is, and then I shall let you and your friends go. I suspect it is probably just a full body puppet as normal. Choice to make. Oh, that's it. Brains passed out. I don't get it. Brains has never been late before. Look, Kirano, go and fetch Scott, will you? Yes, Mr. Tracy. You want any of your other sons? You have this John here. He might be able to provide a new insight into the situation. No, no, just Scott. Do you read me? 
That's strange as well. That's rather sad on a, on a story that's so character focused. You've got John there. Why don't you let him do something? And it's rather eerie as well, the shots of Tintin in a trance. The puppet just is not moving at all, not even the eyes. I just don't understand it. Brains hasn't checked in yet, and he's overdue now by 14 minutes. Well, it's certainly not like Brains to lose contact completely, like this. Father, it's... Yes, it's the emergency signal. Right, that settles it. You better get out there, Scott, fast. So that's... Who's that going to be? Tintin set that off? We don't know. It'd have to be Tintin, I, I presume, as uh, the professor wouldn't know anything about it, and Brains is uh, otherwise occupied with sand. All right, Scott. Virgil will be following you. Proceed at maximum speed. You betcha, Father. Also nice as well that um, there's enough story in this episode that we don't need the full Thunderbird 1 and 2 launch sequences. We just send them off. That's it. Into the advert break. No... Uh, no need to spend, well, it's normally about a full five minutes getting both of them launched. It shows that, you know, if you've got enough story material, don't need to waste time with that. Just boom. But for a, a, a story that um, is only really set in one location, there's a lot of, there's a, there's a really good pace to this one. Back at the camp, we see, well, Brains is still in the sand. Tintin is still in a trance. So uh, uh, who sent that emergency call? In International rescue from Anasta base. Oh, was it brains? Did he manage to do it somehow? In just nine more minutes, I shall go to see whether my friend from International Rescue has changed his mind. No man can stay in the burning sun so long without having his tongue loosened. That's a very cool line. But um, why nine minutes, specifically? I could go in seven minutes, or I could go in eleven, but nine is optimum. Here's Thunderbird 1. See, it's got there very quickly. There's no... For national rescue! What is happening? <laughs> you, you had to consider that that was a possibility. When you tangle with members of International Rescue, other members of International Rescue might just, might just show up to ruin your day. Virgil, what's your ETA? ETA now 2.5 minutes, Father. Father! Yes? Father, I can see brains down below in the sand. So? He's buried in the sand. Up to his neck. I'm going down now. And Tintin. What about Tintin? This is always good stuff as well. When there's, some, when there's a member of International Rescue directly endangered, whether it's Scott in The Uninvited or Brains and Tintin in this or Virgil in, in Terror in New York City or... Oh. They have found my victim in the sand. I was going to say Alan and Grandma are in Move and You're Dead, but that situation is just so so contrived that it doesn't quite fall into the same category. But I I really like it when other members of International Rescue are, are seriously worried about about their friends and colleagues. It makes the stakes much more personal than uh, just oh here's generic guy stuck in building that's on fire. Estimated time of arrival now one minute. And he's brought Gordon along with him because you know John is right there, but no. John doesn't count. Water. Brains. Who on earth did this to you? Oh. Scott. Thank heaven. Where's Tintin? I don't know, fella. We'll, we'll soon find her. Now, don't you worry about a thing. First, I'm going to get you out of here. Some more great voice acting there as well from David Graham and, and Shane Rimmer. Just Brains' weariness and Sh Shane Rimmer's just, oh my goodness, who did this to you? 
A veritable swarm of Thunderbirds. Oh, that's another great line, isn't it? As Thunderbird 2 lands. See, now the Hood's happy that all this uh, international rescue backup has arrived. Because he can get that camera out and take those pictures. The first part of my plan. Or is it going to be a bit more elaborate than that? No, he's turned on the camera. <gasps> oh, there's the uh, camera detector. And of course, Scott isn't in Thunderbird 1. He's busy uh, digging... Uh, Tintin! Brains out of the sand. Virgil's found Tintin. I still don't know who sent that rescue signal. This Tintin's very much out of it. So how do you feel now, Brains? Oh, I... I'm uh, all right, but... But Tintin... She's gonna be okay. But the professor's not so good. Okay, Tintin. Try again. There was this stranger, you said. Yes, that's right. And he had these terrible eyes that I, I couldn't look away from. And and as he spoke, I I felt I, I was slipping away all the time. It was horrible. Who do you think it could have been, Tintin? This is nice. Did you recognize him? No, I, I, I had never seen him before in my life. And, and yet I, I felt I knew him in... In some far-off way. Virgil, oh, I'm so sleepy still. That's, the, I think, the only acknowledgement in the show that um, Tintin is, is connected with the hood. We're all mighty relieved of the news. And it's something that the show never really explored. Obviously, we know that the hood is connected to Kirano, but no one in the show ever seems to, to put these pieces together. And the Anasta expedition? Listen, Scott. Brain's treasure at the bottom of the lake will have to wait. International Rescue was not set up to go joyriding round on treasure trails. At this moment, it's not even functional. Is that but you've got John, Father. Oh, gee. Yeah, something that uh, was touched on more in the, the John Thaden novels, uh, the, the Tracys finally putting their heads together about the whole Hood's connection to them thing and uh, trying to get to the bottom of it. What's the news from base? Well, Father is going to arrange for a helicopter to ship out the Professor to hospital, and uh, then he says we've got to hot-foot it back to base. Yeah, the professor just gets rather sidelined. Just just basi basically booted out of the episode at this point, which is a shame. There's just one thing that puzzles me. What's that, Scott? Well, after Father had gone off the air, I noticed that the photo alert had been operating. But that's impossible! Who could be taking photographs of Thunderbird in this area? There's nobody within miles of us. Except for... that guy from last night. That's it? Why didn't I think of this before? It's not a big revelation, really. I regret to say that this whole expedition has been used by our enemies as a means of drawing international rescue to a lonely spot. We have walked straight into a trap. Well, no, not really. It's Again, that's a very cool line of dialogue, but the Hood didn't set up the expedition as such, did he? He knew about it, but he didn't know when it was happening. He had to rely on you guys to set it up and go out there so that he could follow along. It's not really a plan he's hatched as such. He's just sort of improvising, uh, making uh, making use of what's going on uh, as it happens. Anyway, it's now nighttime. Tintin is in bed, and who should enter but... Shh! Tintin, it's only me. Brains, what are you doing up at this time of night? Tintin, I haven't been able to sleep for worry. What about? Well, you heard what Mr. Tracy said about the Anasta expedition having caused international rescue a lot of trouble. I love this stuff too. I didn't think he meant we had done it deliberately. No, but I feel awfully guilty about it. And to cap it all, we've got someone spying on us. The brains would feel personally responsible for everything that's happened. Yeah, that's what I figured. 
and there's only one place he could be observing us from the center of the lake he's now, a nice guy his brains and i think that's why he's he's my favorite thunderbirds character brains you're not going out into the lake tonight tintin i am i'm gonna see what's down there now here's what i want you to do even if this is a bit irresponsible i also really like though that for the rest of the episode the puppet is showing the physical signs of his his torture in the desert in the sand he's, he's still got the cracked lips and he's got these sort of almost greenish gray bags under his eyes tintin obviously still looks fabulous uh she doesn't seem to have a hair out of place after what happened to her but uh yeah brains is still looking a bit worse for wear do we even see the professor again we, we last see him lying on the floor with a bruise on his cheek and a gash on his forehead and that's it. What a potentially fun character to just get just get sidelined from the story like that. I'm gonna take a look in there. Be careful, Brains, please. I suppose his oh jolly good show what antics would be a bit um, a bit at odds with the the rather serious tone of this story. But uh, I suppose there's there would have been a bit of fun to be mined out of uh, keeping Brains and Tintin's connection to International Rescue secret. Okay, just because the Thunderbirds have shown up, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have to reveal that connection to him. I don't know, it's just, I really love those those Peter Dinley, silly Toff characters. Uh, yeah, but we still have Sir Jeremy Hodge. We'll get to him at some day when we uh, cover Perils of Penelope. Meanwhile, Brains has returned to that place where he found the treasure from. Ah. <gasps> found a lot more treasure. Professor Blakely was definitely right, Tintin. We had found the right column. Brains, is there anyone down there? No, Tintin. There appears to be no one down here. And here we go. What's this? Brains has pulled back a rock and there's a cable. Oh, whose cable is it? So, I have visitors. My little alarm system works. It's the hoods. The cable he's laid at some point. Somehow, I'd love to know the timeline of events. He's, he's, he's been very busy during this episode, at points where we don't see him. What's the matter, Brains? Tintin, I found a cable leading from this column. And, hey, here's another one. Brains, I don't like it. I'm going to go and waken Scott and the others. Now, the last time we saw a cable leading from an underwater temple on the randomizer, it was in search of the Taj Mahal, and it was attached to a, a, a dynamite plunger. So, uh, again, I, I like this with Brains. He's so enthusiastic about his discovery. He doesn't really twig that it's something that shouldn't be there and maybe is going to lead him into trouble until it's too late, because now the hood is swimming out to... Uh, well, to, to sort of uh, meet him halfway, really. Which will lead to another very sinister shot of him. That's it, following the cable, and then... Oh, that's so cool, where he suddenly finds the cable is running between the hood's feet, pan up the body, the oddly proportioned body, but it doesn't matter, because you just have that face behind the visor, and those glowing eyes. And the fact as well that the that uh, the mouth and nose are covered with uh, some sort of oxygen mask. They've not just gone for the, the same kind of um, mask as, as Brains and Tintin were wearing. Those glowing eyes look so sinister in that scene. He's really 
Oh, he's really on top form this week, I think, the hood. This is one of his best, best appearances, best performances. He really feels, not only does he feel dangerous, but it also feels like the international rescue team just I tried to stop him, but he cannot fight him, cannot get a handle on him. Got to get down there right away. To stop him. Brains is unconscious. To get the treasure before his friends find him. And now it's time for... Bit of renovation on the old temple. I'm not entirely sure how this helps his plan, blowing up the temple um, in order to get the treasure. But... Doesn't really matter. And he's buried Brains alive again. That's twice in one day. Poor old Brains. I also like as well, now it's the next morning, and uh, the Tracy brothers have got, they haven't, they clearly haven't had time to shave that morning. They've had time to put their uniforms on, but they've all got the stubble around their, their, their cheeks and chins. That's, uh, that's a lovely touch. Here we are, rolling out Thunderbird 4. Thunderbird. And that is a lovely shot of Thunderbird 4 entering the water. Now. Let me know if you need any help, Gordon. I'll send Virgil, I'll send Tintin, I'll send everyone but me. I'm busy at the mobile control desk. Lug that thing onto the shoreline. The temple is in ruins, Scott. Brains couldn't have survived. Well, search the area, Gordon. If he is alive, he's got about seven minutes of oxygen left. If he is alive, he's nearly dead. Oh, Gordon's got his frowning face on. Everyone's got their frowning face on. The Thunderbird 4 is a really pretty vehicle up close, especially when it's all weathered and uh, all that dirt and, and grime on it. I love the weathering on that, but I, I really love seeing Thunderbird 4 close up. It's a really nice shape. But of course, it's not really designed for underwater combat as such. Unlike this vessel, very, very slowly creeping up on Thunderbird 4. Yep, the hood. And his submarine clearly has a little cannon thingy mounted on the front of it. Yeah, we know from previous episodes, Thunderbird 4 does have a little cannon, but it's not. There's air bubbles coming from under some rubble here. Yay! Hurry! Bring the aerostatic lifting kit. It might be brains. It's on its way, Gordon. Oh, I wish it. I wish it was the professor if he'd gone off on his own. I just wanted to help. What? Oh, here we go. Here we go. Yay! Oh, that music. That that little tension sting. Song. At last! Now to destroy International Rescue, and then collect the treasure. Gordon Tracy is the whole of International Rescue, isn't he? Ooh! I'm being attacked! There's another craft down here! That was a... Keep Scott clear until I call for him! Almost hit Thunderbird 4. Oh, another shot! And that one did hit! Oh! And now Virgil has taken over the uh, the mobile control desk because Scott is on the way down to uh, to help Brains with a, an air supply. Thunderbird 4, meanwhile, very slowly moving into the chase. I'm surprised, though, that the Hood is um, is making such a hasty retreat here, considering he, he really wanted to destroy International Rescue. Now he's just running for it. Oh, that's it. One hit. And it's all over for the hood. My motors! They're flooding! Oh, 
Poor little submarine. Gordon's seeing him making his getaway. His abandoned ship. Oh, and there goes the boat. Oh, kablooey. There's a big old explosion on the surface of the water. What happened? Gordon. Gordon, what happened? I'll explain later. Get Scott down here fast. I'm going after brains. Yay, Gordon heroism moment. Those are all too rare in this show. I love how, how many points there are in this episode where everyone's worried for everyone else's survival and, and well-being. It's, oh, it's so good. Meanwhile, the hood, his demolition work, has managed to reveal so much treasure that if only he'd, he'd kept, kept his head down, he could have uh, had some of that. But no, he has to go for the whole destroy international rescue thing. And uh, now it's all over for him. And here comes Scott. Scott's actually doing something. Bringing, uh, oh, this is the, this is the hydrostatic hoist. Comes in a, it's basically a, a self-inflating balloon in a, in a big red crate. Again, this isn't the most exciting sequence, but the fact that we've got this music, this all so important music, uh, really sells it. Again, this this seems like something a bit of rescue equipment that seems a bit more plausible than uh, than many of the other well machines really. Most of what International Rescue has is is machines. This actually seems a fairly useful little tool for underwater rescues. It's nice that again we see inventions of brains that are not not machines. There there are the odd handy little device or gadget to uh, to assist with things like that. This this actually makes a lot of sense. But needless to say, to, to give us a bit more tension, will they get brains out in time? The uh, the rope is fraying. Oh, the balloon is still rising. Are they going to do it? Oh, it's so tense. And uh, yeah, Gordon is ha hauling brains out by himself. Scott is just watching because you know he brought the the balloon down here. What do you expect him to do? Help? That's not his way. He, he sits at the desk and tells people what to do. Yay, Brains is saved. And the professor is just airlifted out of the story. You know, that was it. He may as well, he may as well not even have been here. Poor old professor. Well, it, it looks a bit heartless shipping him out like this. Yeah. Just so that he doesn't see that Brains and I belong to the international rescue team. Well, I guess the best thing for him in his condition is hospitalization. But he's sure going to get a surprise when he comes to. Oh, that's it. Oh, yeah, we're now over to the hospital. Following the professor into hospital. Now that the world has heard about our discoveries at Lake Anasta, how does it feel to be a celebrity, Professor? Pretty fair, my dear, pretty fair. I'd say, how are you two fixed over the next few months? Why, wow. Jingo, I say, I love this guy. Uh, one or two commitments. Uh, oh, Brains has now got his arm in a very crude sling and a bump on his head. At the foot of the Caribbean 400 years ago. And the professor's got another archaeological trip in his head. Hurry, are you off then? Uh, 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 visiting hours are over, Professor. I'm afraid we've got to go. Yeah, yeah. we must dash. Well, uh, so long, Professor. Oh, what an odd pair! Excitement too much for him, I suppose. Not used to it. And also, it's strange that um, Brains and Tintin said, "Oh yeah, our, our, our discovery has been announced to the world." Excuse to soothe our nerves. Um, Come on. 
Let's get back to base. Did Brains use his uh, Mr. Hackenbacker or Mr. X aliases for this? Who knows? But the professor is going to catch up on his uh, his hospital reading, Treasure the Easy Way. What a lovely way to uh, to end the story. What a lovely way to end a lovely episode of Thunderbirds. As I said, I was I was um, I was never a fan of this one as a kid. Because I think I prefer the more spectacular, you know, fire flash and, and no, not the sidewinder, but uh, like shopping centers going up in flames, you know, big, big special effects heavy stuff. And um, as I've got older, I, I come to appreciate the characters in these shows more than the action. So this is this is a lovely combination of both, really. Some some lovely action stuff, some lovely underwater stuff, but also a really nice focus on, on the regular characters. And um, I think this is... This has got to be a, an almost unique episode in that there are only a couple of guest characters, one of which is only in a couple of scenes. It's the, both of them may as well neither have been there. It's it's all focused on, on the regulars, and particularly two regulars who don't get a lot of focus in this show, Brains and Tintin, and of course the hood. The hood at his most sinister best. So I think this is definitely one of the uh, the great episodes of Thunderbirds. It's it's a, a rather atypical story, realised very nicely. Some lovely heroic moments for everybody. I really like the uh, the sinister air of the hood in this one. So yeah, a pretty good choice for the third anniversary of the podcast. <laughs>